it's that time again. Time for another episode of Pastors Are People Too, where pastor, author, teacher, Taryn V. Gaddis gives us a sneak peek into the pastor's study, but then also a peek into the pastor's heart. Jeremiah says that I will give you pastors after mine own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Our pastors preach and teach faithfully, but there are so many other things going on with them. And so we take this opportunity to share with you the heart of a pastor. In this week's episode, Pastor Gaddis will be talking with you all about seasons of discouragement in the life of a pastor. So lean in and listen closely. You don't want to miss one word from our host. Well, hello and welcome to Pastors Our People Too. I'm your host, pastor, teacher, and author, Taryn Gaddis. In this series, we're talking about the humanity of the pastor. In today's episode, we're We'll be talking about the season of discouragement in the life of the pastor. Discouragement is known by all, but have you ever thought about your pastor being discouraged? To be discouraged is to lose confidence. To be discouraged is to be downcast, depleted in your spirit. It's to have the wind taken out of your sail so that you are drifting with the current and can't go where you need to go. Everyone has a moment of feeling discouraged. To become discouraged means that you that an emotional distress has taken over your personality and you can't rise above it. You've lost heart for what is important to you and you worry so much about the lack of achievement and what others think about you and your lost opportunities. However, when a pastor becomes discouraged, it's hard to preach, it's hard to lead, it's hard to love, and it's hard to care for others when you're discouraged. Now, let let me say it before you say it. Sure, pastors who stand in the pulpit aren't unique. People in the pew face discouragement too. Pastors in the pulpit don't necessarily have it harder than people in the pews. As pastor, we get to enjoy blessings that many others don't, including time in scripture and time in prayer and the joy of seeing people grow. We often receive encouragement from those who we serve, pastoral ministry, is a privilege, but pastoral ministry also includes a set of unique pressures. It's why when Paul listed his suffering in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 24, he says, I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by a Roman rod three times, plummeted with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times, 
and emerged in an open sea for a night and a day. In hard, it, in hard traveling years, in and year out, I've been uh, to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at the risks in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by the desert sun and the sea, sea storm, and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known the dreariness and the hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missing meal, blast by cold, naked to the weather. And then he caps this list with verse 28. And that's nothing. And that's not even the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches. When someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. And when someone is duped into sin, an angry fire burns in my gut. Listen, Paul shares with us about the daily pressures and the anxiety that comes from the church and comes from loving the people of the, that make up the church. The churches of God were and remain a joy, a source of joy for Paul, but also of anxiety to those who they pastor. In short, discouragement is normal. I remember talking to a senior pastor once and, and I was sharing with him, Pastor James Reed, and I was sharing with him how discouraged I was. And he said to me, son, discouragement is normal. It doesn't matter how you preach. You won't ever be able to avoid discouragement. To be sure <laughs> that we're all different. Some like Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, faced a lifelong battle with discouragement. Spurgeon saw discouragement as such a normal part of ministry that he included it in a lecture called The Minister's Fainting Fits. In his lecture to my students, he says, who can bear the weight of souls without something sinking to the dust? It's sometimes sinking to the dust. He has passionate longings after men's conversion, if not fully satisfied, consumes the soul with anxiety and disappointment. To see the hopeful turn aside, the godly grow cold, professors abusing their privileges, and sinners waxing more bold in sin. Are not these sights enough to crush us to the earth? Put it this way, it would be unusual 
not to feel discouraged as a pastor. Some of us have higher emotional set points. We can withstand the pressures of ministry without feeling the weight, uh, without feeling the weight and being weighted down. But I don't know anyone who doesn't occasionally find themselves in a slump. Even the most even-tempered pastor among us will sometimes feel unsupported, will feel inadequate, feel alone and overwhelmed. We all experience discouragement. Why? Because we have a discourager. I'll share it one more time. We all experience discouragement because we have a discourager. Satan works carelessly to discourage those who are in God's work. He has successfully hindered many by discouragement. Even the greatest of God's servants have not escaped the attack of the discourager. Even that great prophet, Elijah. We've seen Elijah in First Kings 19 at uh, in First Kings at the at his height. We we've seen him uh, have a standoff with Jezebel's prophets and the prophets of Baal and 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 our God. God rained down fire that 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 not only burnt up the burnt offering but but sucked up all the water. But then we see him going into the wilderness. He was on the mountain, on Mount Carmel. Now we see him going into the wilderness and we see him at his lowest. He is a deeply discouraged man. We read in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. And then went on into the desert another day's journey. He came to a lone broom tree and collapsed in the shade, warning in the worst way to be done with it all, to just die. Enough of this God, take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. Message translation. In the wilderness, the word of God says he collapsed under a juniper tree. The juniper tree is interesting because the juniper tree was a shrub found in the desert of a southern Palestine and southward of Egypt sometimes referred to as a broom tree, as in the message translation. Its shade was scantily, uh, but in the absence of any other shrub or any other tree, it was frequently used by desert travelers as a refuge from the sun's scorching rays. Under what little shade the juniper tree or the broom tree provided, Elijah requested for himself that he might die and says to God, it is enough now. Oh Lord, take away my life. That great 
writer Warren Wisby says, as Elijah sat under its shade, he did a wise thing, he prayed, but he didn't pray a very wise prayer. He says, he did a wise thing, he prayed, but he did not pray a very wise prayer. I often thought if Elijah really wanted to die, and uh, why run? Jezebel would have seen that his wish was fulfilled. No, what, what, what we have is the prayers of a man who was deeply discouraged. When we are discouraged, we tend to see things in a negative light. When discouraged, we often react in foolish ways. Some have been so discouraged, they ended their own lives. Elijah did not take the steps to end his life, but he prayed that God would take his life. Since Elijah sat under the juniper tree or the broom tree, the juniper tree had become a symbol of the discouraged soul. Who among us? <laughs> who, who among us have not found ourselves under the juniper tree? I must admit, I've often found myself in that same place. So you may be asking by now, what discourages pastors? I've been in ministry and leadership for for 30 years and been in uh, pastoring for 30 years and been in ministry for much longer than that. And I know what it's like to be discouraged in ministry. Not only do I know very well what it's like to be discouraged in ministry, I've talked to many pastors, many who are, who are discouraged, many who have been discouraged, and many that are facing discouragement even now. Why do pastors who serve Christ get discouraged, you might ask? What is it about ministering to other people that makes us vulnerable to discouragement? Here are a few underlying reasons that you may be discouraged uh, that, that, you may, that pastors may fear, face discouragement in ministry. The Lord knows that as pastors minister to others, that pastors are prone to neglect the care of their own soul. In other words, while they're praying for other people, many times they don't take the time to pray for themselves. While many times they are are searching scriptures for answers for other people. They really don't have the time to search scriptures for themselves. Why? While they teach others to have a quiet time and 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 to find a a place of solitude where they can spend time with God. Many times they their schedule, their agendas are so busy and so packed with meetings and and uh, uh, engagements and hospital visits and home visits and visiting members and visitors that, that they don't have time to do it. Even though many pastors are around people all the time. 
pastors still feel isolated. And it's in isolation that we are prone to become discouraged. This is why God leads the way God leads. And that's why God would love to lead pastors out of discouragement. But they need men and women who can help, who they can trust, that can be with them. Well, the first and basic, most basic way that we learn that God is indeed with us it's when a brother and sister listens to Jesus and listens to us in Jesus' name. This is a basic way or, or opportunity for you to encourage your discouraged pastor. Is to just, just listen. Be a brother or sister that just listens to your pastor in Jesus' name. Each of us need a God with skin on, one of Christ's ambassadors, one who offers empathy and compassion without judgment, without advice or reassurance. Every pastor would love to have someone with them that could just hear how discouraged they are and just listen in Jesus' name. And because pastors go through seasons of discouragement, I want to use the the remainder of my time to share some ways of how you may encourage your pastor. You may be listening and by now you have caught a glimpse of your pastor being discouraged and God has moved, the Holy Spirit has moved on your heart and has given your heart to, to encourage your pastor. Or you may have a pastor friend in your life that you want to encourage. And you're asking Pastor G, how can I encourage my discouraged pastor? Thank you for listening to part one of Seasons of Discouragement in the Life of a Pastor. I pray that something was said that tickled your ear enough to make you come back and join us for the next episode where you will hear pastor, author, teacher, Taryn Gaddis give us the ways that we can encourage our pastors when they are discouraged. And in the meanwhile, pray and ask God how you can be a blessing to your pastor. Also, I want to make mention that the month of October is Clergy Appreciation Month. 
and we have some exciting things planned for you. So pay attention to your social media. And also, if you are not a part of the Praying for Our Pastors Fellowship, simply text the word PRAY if you are a member to 405-622-8448. And if you are a pastor listening who wants to become a part of the fellowship and have our prayer champions to pray for you, text the word PASTOR to the same number, 405-622-8448. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Pastors Are People Too. And be sure to set a reminder to meet us here on Friday, October the 14th for part two of Seasons of Discouragement in the Life of a Pastor.